You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome back to another very special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And yet again, we are delving behind the carnage with another spotlight episode on the superpower that is pro wrestling carnage with uh, one of their sort of up and coming young studs, as it were now, superstar Jimmy Taylor. Welcome to the show, mate. Hello, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Got started, yeah. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming out. I've already comment, um, uh, complimented you on your T-shirt. So, you know, we know, we know we're starting on the right foot. That's all, good. <laughs> That's all good. So there's, there's, there are a couple of things that I will bring up throughout the course of this. Once we um, sort of, we'll go back in time first slightly, like I like to, and then we'll talk about what's going on at the minute, because, you know, you, uh, you're involved in one of, one of the sort of the, the hotter angles happening, I think. Oh yeah. So, so we'll unpack that. We'll unpack that, and we'll see how much of an angle it is, you know, because we never know. Um, but let's let's kind of like I like to let's roll it back, set the scene to begin with. In terms of wrestling and yourself, when did that relationship begin? When did you first discover it for yourself? I think I was about eight. I remember watching my first like episode all the way through. It was a SmackDown. I think it was the one after WrestleMania nineteen. I think the tournament for Backlash 03 to face Lesnar for the title. I remember it all inside and out. First match was Mysterio take a big man, little man. And I was like, you know, just got carried away with it. You know, I was a bit late again into it, maybe compared to all the Attitude Era stuff. I was still aware of, you know, Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H. But I think I got into time then when Guerrero, as you can tell with the T-shirt, yeah, yeah. and Van Dam, I just swept away with them, to be honest. <laughs> Those two have always been my favourites. And... I always stand by that. So those are probably the earliest memories I got of wrestling, those two especially. Cool, cool. And what, what a place to start as well, because, you know, like, like this, with myself, obviously completely different era I grew up with. Um, and I kind of saw the the genesis, as it were, of like the cruiserweights and that with, with Rey Mysterio coming in, Eddie Guerrero and, yeah. and RVD back in the early days. With you discovering it when they're there, that's, that's, that's really starting off at a good point. <clears throat> yeah, of course. I think um, with you know, Guerrero and Van Dam being my favourites, I must have just felt froggy growing up. <laughs> <laughs> did you? How many times? Oh, you probably not how many times, but did you attempt to frog splash off the sofa or something? The amount of times I got pictures of me, videos of me doing frog splashes on my sofa. I think when I had MSN when I was like eight, I think I got one doing a diving head in midair as well. So. Uh, I know those those two were probably my favourites, and I know Frog Splash is <laughs> such a good, good move. Yeah. 
Who had the best one, though? I don't know. They did a feud about that as well. And um, I can't separate the two because I think at the time you got um, Van Damme, he comes in and back out. You know, Guerrero's got more of that shuffle. I don't know. And they had a good old story about it. So I say Van Damme come off better on that during that, I think it was that IC title feud. So we'll just go with the story and see what's in. Yeah, because I... I remember again, you mate. If you if you've gone back to like the attitude era kind of thing, D'Lo Brown was like oh, the WWF's yeah. version of the Frog Splash up against WCW when Eddie was there. I suppose. Mm. Um, I don't know. You can't really compare. I know you probably Montez fall into that now, and he does a like 180, 360, and the height he gets is ridiculous. But um, different arrows. It's hard to um, compare. Oh. Sorry, got some dogs barking. Never work with animals <laughs> or kids. I might have my kids in the background at some point, so it's fine. No, <laughs> but cool. So um obviously let's say so you're you're fans of of the, the smaller guys. Um yeah, same same with me, I suppose. I if I could ever envisage myself as a wrestler, it was because of my stature, it was always gonna be sort of that end of the, the scale. Yeah. Did, did they is that you know, jumping forward a little bit, I suppose, to when you eventually got in the ring yourself. Was it those guys and their particular style that kind of influenced you more? I think it's always been more the character rather than um, maybe the size and stature. Like, I love, like, the whole creative process and, like, the gimmick side of everything. Like, you know, Guerrero isn't really the tallest guy. You wouldn't think that just because of the way he was built. And uh, Van Damme on that side, you know, he was legit. Like, you know, he'd kick people's heads off if he wanted to. So um, I think it was just more they were larger than life in terms of just what they wore, what they brought to ring, just their character. And, you know, that that's probably the difference of making yourself, you know, larger than life on that. So I think it's always what I've seen more of the character rather than maybe stature and, yeah. you know, rest. Okay, that's cool. So in terms of you then wanting, you know, you, you growing up watching it as a kid, when was it that you started to think seriously? I mean, I think we all grew up seriously thinking we could do it. Um, a few yeah, of us so like the, amount, the amount of, you know, days in the schoolyard, like practice and stuff with all the boys and stuff yeah. uh, growing up. Uh, the amount of times you also get it from it as well, the concrete yards. But, um, you know, as you get older, you kind of fall out of love with it. You're like, you know, your favourites aren't maybe around as much. You know, I think it was quite hard. I remember when Guerrero passed and that was like devastating for me. Yeah. And um, I think you just kind of got bored of it in general. Like, it, you know, we didn't really have as much to maybe divulge into like the early days of YouTube. Yeah. You know, we still love these and um, videos at that point. So I think CM Punk probably got me back into it around about that 2011. I just yes. stumbled across the pipe bomb, just yes. like timing really. And I was like, you know, you get to learn, learn a bit more on the dirt sheets and all the booking and all this different side of wrestling that you didn't really know about. And then how I got back into it, in well, how I started training was I got a friend, um, his name is Ash, he'll be listening to this uh, podcast, we'll shout out to him, um, sent me a message on Facebook saying that um, there was a training school around the corner from uh, my house. And uh, we were like, oh, how funny would that would be if, uh, you know, we tend to be like rock and Austin and stuff and like live back to childhood and uh, got to the day of it, he was like, oh, I'm joking. I was just messing the whole time. And I was like, I'll give That's it right. a go. See what it's like. Yeah. And then he took our first bump and then I was like instantly hooked in and I was just back all over. I feel like a kid most of the time just reliving, uh, especially all the stuff I used to watch in the early 2000s. Cool. 
cool. So that and the amount of times I've heard that of anyone I've spoken to on this show, they say that first time it hurts like hell. Okay. I've literally quoted them because I've never done this. Mm. It hurts hurts like hell, but you go back for more. And I think that's 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 sort of it's the it's the not the first mistake, I suppose, but it's the do you think that first bump really is what what makes it or breaks it for you you know you can either take it and want to come back or you say absolutely no i will never do that again well i think i don't know the first couple of bumps i had to take were on a crash mat to like build up the tolerance so <laughs> i don't think many trainers are going to let you just bump uh, flat out on, in the middle of the ring if you don't know how to uh brace and protect yourself so um i remember um taking that bump and uh, just having that I know the shock through back and um, I know, just remember my neck was in bits the next day, like the whole bridges, handstand, just trying to do your neck rolls. Like they say to do that every day and there's a reason for it because if you're trying to bump cold and uh, especially from the off, it's uh, very painful, but um, it's a nice ache and pain that you get, you know, it's like it's not hard, like a killer leg day or something. So, just interestingly enough then, when you first start out, um, how much of that first lesson then do you actually spend obviously you know taking bumps is the first thing i know that you you really need to do how much of that first lesson is taken up with actually that kind of stuff or is it more sort of warm-up stuff to begin with and um so i think my experience with uh all the trainers i've been under and there's uh, quite a few to name I think their motto is is that when it comes to maybe wrestling, you not go in there to get fit. You need to be you need to be fit in your own time. So you need to be going to the gym and doing what they require. So yeah, there's always going to be those blow up drills, you know, couple hundred squats, push ups, burpees. But um, it's something you need to address in your own time. So one trainer could be very heavy on the cardio and the warm up side, mm. and others will be you need to do it in your own time. But I think it, early days, any sort of beginner who's looking to get into it it's all about the footwork it's rolls rope running you know bumping and feeding like i said everything just needs to be in big steps creating space i think footwork is probably the biggest thing for the beginner once you have that base of a, a good cardio and good strength do you feel that you were you had a natural ability of it to with you know on, yeah, start again did you feel you had a natural ability for it at the beginning or did it oh, take no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <clears throat> That's uh, right. Let's dispel that myth then, because I always thought that, you know, you've got to be athletically kind of, you know, able to even do some of these things. No, so I think with me, um, I used to play like a lot of football as, you know, um, we all do growing up and uh, I'd be playing football two or three times a week, especially for uni. So cardio side like it's, it's not too bad it's just the same as running around for quite a period of time but um in, in terms of maybe my knowledge when it comes to the gym it was just about how you know how much and how heavy you can lift you know you don't really think about like tempos form and stuff especially when you're like an early teenager and you think you're just going to get big overnight and eat as much as you can yeah. so um it was quite an eye-opener to maybe get educated around about maybe looking after your body like i do ddp yoga now i never thought i'd ever like stretch okay. All that, so it, it it opens up so many more doors. Like I, I couldn't even like jump that high. I there's 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 so many things that you have to do as a wrestler in terms of you know being fast, being strong, being flexible, and in terms of just creating a story as well. So um, it's opened up a completely different way of obviously like exercise and health in general. Sure, uh, that's that's encouraging. I think it's not that I'm past being able to do any of this stuff now. I feel. Um, the 18-year-old me would have loved to have spoken to you and, and got that kind of uh, 
feedback back then, it probably would have pushed me to pursue. And I wish I had that uh, sort of feedback. <laughs> I, started off I know you think uh, if you're doing a leg day, you know, heavy squats, deadlifts, you know, you're not walking for three, four days, and uh, somebody tells you that's not the right thing. That's not the right way to do it. <laughs> so. How long did it take after first starting to train then before you had your first match? And can you remember so, what um, it was? I started in May of 17. I would have had my debut in the February half team. Um, it was with Welsh Wrestling and they have shows every weekend. You know, they do summer tours, half terms, everything if there's a, an opportunity. So um, I did a week of rumbles with them. You know, it was just more regular weekend work then, got to do a bit of refing as well. And just other stuff as well around just the business in terms of just how, how the ring works, like just the presentation on show day, you know, tickets, merchandising. It was just a case of just trying to get as much knowledge as possible. But um, February after him, 2018 was when I made my debut, wow. my little single, which is that hidden somewhere. <laughs> You've upgraded since that. Uh, for the time being. <laughs> So you weren't in it, I mean, a couple of years, but you weren't doing it all that long before then. The inevitable happened, I suppose, looking back on it. COVID came along. Yeah. No. I, I'm, I'm, it's one thing I, I, I'm interested in asking most guys that I speak to, actually. How did that impact you, especially at that early stage as well? So I could probably retract it maybe a good 12 months before that um, in terms of probably how long I've had to wait to you know, get back into another match. So um, I had a, uh, quite a difficult period of um, ex-partners, etc. Wrestling wasn't really a priority at the time, okay. but um, getting back into it, uh, we were looking at about January 2020. Um, everything was coming together, back in training regularly, just getting all that fitness back up. And uh, I tore my knee. So oh, no. uh, you know, my COVID probably started about three months before it happened for everyone else. But um yeah, I tore my uh, MCL. Luckily, it was only about six to eight weeks uh, in a brace. No need for like surgery or anything. But um, as I was starting to feel good and starting to maybe up my rehab, you know, we were in lockdown. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and that was only until August now. Um, I had my first back, match back for uh, Slamdown. Uh, was the, the injury, was that a wrestling-related injury or was that just something freak? Yeah, it was a freak accident. Um, I bought a drop kick and... Uh, the individual just landed on my leg and uh, just blew out. It was it was the first session back after Christmas. You know, I was getting back to all the rolling around, having taken a couple of bumps, a couple of moves, and yeah, accidents happen. And uh, like I say, it's not ballet. Well, no, I was just about to say actually to everyone out there who anyone watching this who still says you know what's the big deal? It's fake. The results aren't. You know, yeah, the, the risks aren't. That's what I should say. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're back up and running now. So um, let's kind of bring it forward a little bit. Your um, your involvement with Pro Wrestling Carnage, first of all, how did how did that partnership start? Sort of you talk about your involvement with them so far. So with Pro Wrestling Carnage, when <clears throat> we got towards, especially last summer with lockdown beginning to ease, gyms reopening, wrestling schools reopening, uh, my current school at the time was uh, Dragon Pro in Cardiff. Um, they haven't reopened yet uh, for one reason to another. Hopefully they'll reopen soon. So um, the only school that was probably available at the time was um, Royal Imperial Wrestling. 
So that's how I met um, Danny Owens, uh, we met James Ellis at the time, uh, Kai Sambrook, and uh, Brewski Blanchard as he was getting back into it as well. So um, one thing went to another in terms of, you know, a lot of the guys stepping away from RIW. Um, and then I got the opportunity to maybe get on this uh, little carnage bus that uh, everyone's on at the moment. <laughs> and I'm not going to say no to an opportunity. And um, there we are by uh, January or February. I uh, signed my little contract uh, for yeah. carnage. Yay. So, so you, correct me if I'm wrong, you weren't part of the first mutation event and there's a reason for that i understand a certain someone decided to put you on the shelf and yes that's that's sort of bringing up to where where we are now because a nice little kind of comeback revenge story is is looking to happen so uh tell us about that you and you and uh mr ellis yeah so as again about february time i got announced as um one of the signings for carnage all general buzz and excitement, friends and family were chuffed to bits to join maybe a new promotion and hopefully, you know, lead them to great things from hopefully all the work I can put in for them. And, um, you know, I did a little bit of fun on the side, just a couple of little training videos about um, the first show and how uh, the winner of the eventual Battle Royale at the time was going to fix Danny Owens to become the first champion. And um, James Ellis ruined that about a week before uh, I was training uh, with a lot of the Carnage guys, and uh, he took it upon himself to blindside me and uh, wrap a chair on my arm. And um, I know the injury was pretty severe. The guys at Carnage mentioned there was you know, potentially three matches for me, and um, a lot of pushing and shoving. I couldn't do it, and uh, for that reason, I had to be excused from the show. So, as recently announced. Depending on when this goes live, today's Wednesday, it has been announced that um, me and James Ellis will be going one-on-one October 30th at Pencoid Welfare Hall. So it's about time I'm going to get some revenge. There you go. There you go. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. I will put this out there as well. There, there, is, there is a seat available if James Ellis wants to come on and have a chat, get inside the story. A bit like I'm I often do. Dead, I know that, um, I'm on this before him. Ah, He's got to everything. Oh, cool. He's got to be everything first come first served you know so there yeah. we go you yeah. know yeah yeah there's a there's a seat here for you james if you want to come on i offered danny owens the opportunity after i spoke to Kanan to sort of give his side of the story and that was that was quite fun so uh so yeah so you look at you know obviously is this your your first official run out with carnage i suppose it would be wouldn't it yeah so this would be would have been the second choice is the first uh well this is the debut for jimmy taylor yeah. so um in a lot of excitement around it, you know, a, a new promotion, a brand new promotion, and um, just a lot of people trying to get behind a new product. Mm. But um, I think outside of the excitement, you know, I'm not there just to turn up. You know, somebody, you know, injured my arm and cost my opportunity debut on the premier show. Yeah. So revenge is certainly on my mind, not so much, um, you know, go high fives and uh, clapping along. There's going to be a lot of um, receipts that need to be paid out to the brilliance. I, I got to admit, this was what I did love about wrestling when I was growing up, is, is these kind of things with with a real story behind them, you know, where, um, you, you know, you got the ones that they paired up because they had real life animosity or something happened and you could just tell it worked in the ring because it was it was real you know and i don't know what i what i've seen 
of the product, which I'm not fully versed in what's going on these days, sort of, you know, in the main promotions and that, but it seems to lack that kind of, that there's plenty of drama that goes on, but not yeah. a lot of it seems real, you know, or, or sort of rooted in reality anymore. You can kind of see it coming a mile off. So I, I really do love these kind of comeback stories. Yeah, no, I think I'm in agreement with you on that. I think if you go back to like any sort of, even like Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, if you had like a, you know, a headline match that was happening, you know, you'd have a good, you know, two, three minute video, you know, you'd have the music, you know, all build up to it. Like that would, that would get you excited. And I think I, I agree with you that there's a lot of our missing, like, you know, My Way, Austin and Rock, like, uh, you yeah. can, like before you, it's got from just a little music video. And there's, you know, there's a lot of animosity between the two there in terms of two people who want to be the best and will do anything to be at the top. Yeah. And I think that's what me and James are going to, you know, with two hopefully up-and-coming talents. And you know, one thinks that um, they're going to take shortcuts by taking me out on the side, but um, I'm more of a fan of hard work and uh, giving back to hopefully me and that guy instead. Well, I'll be, I'll be keeping a very close eye on that one. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens in that match. So, you know, all the best with it. You know, and Thank you. Uh, you know, yeah, the, make the may the best man win. Those cliches, but oh, and I'm not. I win, lose or draw. I am there to get my pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, disqualified, count out. You know, roll up. You know, he's getting one of these, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that's on my mind. Is uh, they should make it a chair match, shouldn't they? That'd be cool. <laughs> I, just, I don't think allowed. <laughs> <laughs> if, I had a, if I had a chair in my hand, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be bringing one with him. I, I, I saw the um, the interview you did with Kai actually uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That was that was very cool. Yeah, so you could you could tell very that he was licking my wounds at that point. But um, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks have passed since that, so it's um, been pretty good just to get back in the ring, get back in the gym, and uh, the arm feels as good as new. There you go, hundred percent ideal. So, uh, so yeah, maybe have you back on afterwards, you know, to to sort of you know talk about how it went, and hopefully, you know, raising your good arm in victory, that'd be quite cool. Um, so what lies, you know, obviously after your match with James Ellis, what's your um, what's your vision in Pro Wrestling Carnage? What have you got your sights on? I think with what I want to do is certainly give back to maybe a, a new g- generation in the future. Uh, I feel like wrestling may, is maybe missing just that bit of colour in terms of, you know, maybe that 80s rock and roll vibe. So that's certainly what I want to go into is certainly be a bit more um, well, flamboyant, a bit more happy and uh, just putting a bit more of a, you know, touch of colour on it. Like nowadays, a lot of people seem to wrestle in black, matching gear. Everything seems yeah. to be quite one dimensional, but I'm all about maybe telling a story and, um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of, there's a nice set of belts coming out soon. Uh, we've got the Outbreak title. They certainly have an eye on that. It's cool. not yeah. in the uh, match for that when they announce that soon. Uh, you've got Cayman, the heavyweight champion. You know, he's got a great history, Celtic wrestling. I, you know, look up to so many guys that uh, were part of Celtic back in the day. So that'll be a great opportunity to maybe go into the ring with him. We'd be on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, there are two tag uh, team belts as well. You know, if somebody wants to partner up with Superstar Jimmy Taylor, I'm happy to bring back, uh, you know, some good old tag team wrestling. Cool. Is there, with, on that point, actually, is there anyone there at the minute? Or let's kind of open it up. So anyone under the, the Carnage banner or anyone 
if you had your choice to bring in to be a partner to go for those belts have you got anyone in mind hmm so it's a good question i'll, I'll answer it two ways so um if i was to uh, answer with my heart it would be endlessly because okay. everyone doesn't try that everyone absolutely loves him um, I don't know how he, how he, he do too well. Um, I did see his last match with uh, Brewski Blanche. I think he got a bit, he got that done by. But, um, you know, hopefully with a partner in his corner, we can maybe storm towards some tag team gold in the future. Okay. Outside of that, um, there's, there's a great uh, uh, roster of people. Kenny Mantra's a really good uh, high flyer. He's got a very good style. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, well, I can't really get in between these two, but Yeah and Scare, they're a great tag team as well. They've been on cue balls, rambles before, there's a lot of chemistry there. I'd love to be, love to tag up with one of them in the future. But, um, you know, if it's a singles, singles goal, tag team goal, I'm certainly there to um, take part and try to be as competitive as possible. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, let's sort of give you an ideal you know, put you in your ideal, uh, you, you know, where you see yourself going. Um, obviously, you know, beyond carnage, if, um, you know, if, if everything aligned, where would you, what would be the pinnacle of your career without, I, I guess, steering you towards the obvious? What, what, what would you, what would you want to achieve to, you know, to sort of that moment that would establish your, your legacy, I suppose? I think maybe short term goals at the moment is, uh, because I'm, you know, trying to put so much effort in into this. You know, Carnage are a new company, and um, I want to be, you know, one of those flag bearers that certainly lead the company. So, you know, I, outside of maybe stuff in the ring, I'm trying to do myself to maybe just promote the product as well. So, if I can maybe just carry on trying to be some sort of, you know, flag bearer or poster boy in that sense um, for Carnage, I'd, I'd certainly put my heart and soul into trying to establish them to because, you know, wrestling's a job at the end of the day. You've got a, you know, you've got employers, bookers, bosses, etc. Mm. You know, you need to be working your socks off. And if that's not in the ring, you know, it's promoting the product as well. So mm. certainly want to try and get Carnage to be the best as possible to buy abilities with what I can do. Uh, Long-term goals. I, I did start off at Welsh Wrestling. Welsh Wrestling do a ton of shows. They, you know, they could do about three, four shows a weekend. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got the half terms and summer tours. If you know, if I know I've got a consistent uh, bunch of work, you know, daily or every weekend, yeah. then that's certainly great for me in terms of you know attainable goals. You know, you've got the glitz and glamour of America and Japan, etc. You know, one it'd be great to me do like some sort of tour in the future. Yeah. But you know, you've got the day job as well to to manage and all that. So um yeah. we'll see. But um certainly carnage in the short term and then long term just trying to get more work. I think it's just a case of you know, not waiting three or four weeks for booking, let's get some more yeah. work in there. And I think that's probably the best way to think about it, is just trying to be as consistent and improve as much as possible. And you're gonna do that if you have more matches. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you you look at the guys, I I guess. You know the, the the guys that spring to mind at the moment. You know you had Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy, which made British wrestling back in like the eighties. Yeah, two guys that really spring to mind um, that kind of got me interested in the British side of wrestling a few years ago. Will Ospreay, um, Marty Skrull for me. Yeah, really, um, for different reasons. Um, who are your like British wrestling heroes? I suppose, you know, is that, are there any in particular that you still live up, uh, sort of, you know, look up to 
or, or any that, that were there sort of along the way that really sort of kept your interest in? I think one that's, that stands out at the minute for me in terms of just maybe just trying to study wrestlers and just try and get inspiration from different generations was uh, this gentleman called Les Kellett uh, from World of Sport. Yes. I think he's fantastic. I, I, I literally, I love him. You'll, you'll notice there's a couple of moves that he does that like current wrestlers do. He, you know, uh, Moxley does the whole uh, hangman into the clothesline. I'm doing the move now. You <laughs> um, can do it for the headbutt and you can just tell like, you know, there's this snippets from all that sport that, that yeah. people have like into their own. And um, that's something I'd love to do. So Les Kelly and a lot of the guys from all that sport are um, big inspiration. And um, maybe more modern for British wrestling. You know, everyone loves a bit of Regal, just in terms of how vicious and um, you know, methodical he can be in the ring. But outside of that, the character, the commissioner, him and Tajiri, like he, he could do everything. Like, and I think he's a powerful performer. I think a lot of people forget that you know these great technical wrestlers, you know, do have a good character as well. Yeah, it's yeah. so good, like diverse, like. Uh, Daniel Bryan, for example, he could do he can do any, anything. <laughs> you got quite a likeness to him as well, not just the beard, but you know. It's funny actually because a, a few months ago, talking about like William Regal and World of Sport and that, I was I got to um, have Marty Jones on the show. Yeah, and that was a real a real honor. And I, I, one thing I said to him was about Regal when I was growing up, and he was Lord Stephen Regal in WCW. I could not stand him. But it wasn't that I thought he was rubbish or anything like that. He just really got the character got under my skin. Um, I guess, you know, that's when you know you've got a winner, yeah. really. Who's and I think a lot of like, I know when it comes to heels nowadays, like uh, there's so many heels I used to maybe hate as a kid that, you know, I, I just couldn't stand. And now you watch them back and you're like, I love this. Like, I love what he's doing. Like, I couldn't stand like Triple H at the time. I just thought, oh, he wins and gets away with yeah. everything. Just the way his matches were with like Michaels probably during that time, everything was like slow and methodical and just the whole, you know, Michaels is always great for having like, you know, your heart on the plate and stuff. So um if you have if you if you're a heel and you know, growing up you you despise them, then you're doing your job right, I guess. Exactly. And uh exactly. about being a cool heel all the time sometimes if uh you know you want to turn the channel or go away, you're doing your job, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 when I grew up, I couldn't understand why anyone would want to be a bad guy, but sort of as I've got older, I think they're probably the ones that I appreciate the most because you know, you, you wouldn't have such a fan favorite if you didn't have a good heel. Oh, no, no, like you said, once you start like getting more into like how the business works and rather like as a fan, you get like you get like the whole side of like how why people do it and like the whole story, but then. Sometimes you do miss, like, of, like, you know, escaping the reality of, like, oh, come on, why can't this guy just win? <laughs> oh, why is this guy always cheating? But um, that, that's, that's probably why it was such a big part of um, everyone's childhood is just, you know, being lost in that moment. Yeah. And anything can happen, especially during the times where we grew up with the product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Say what you will about how it is today. I mean, the good thing is, I don't know, we'll, we'll get into this. This is one of my bonus questions, really. So um, I will you know withhold your opinion on it but what AEW is doing you know very much harks back to for me if I was a wrestling fan today um you know having grown up when when I did it would be like WCW was back there's finally that competition which yeah the industry greatly needed um it was the one thing that really sort of 
uh, I don't say ruined it, but it kind of killed killed it for so many years. Is you just had one, and you he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to, and get away with it because he was the only option to watch. Yeah, I think they've got to be careful now, really. Um, so um, let's fire a few a few quick fire questions at you then. Let's let's steer it that way because I'll have some fun. So let's 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 get your opinion then at the moment. WWE or AEW? Uh, I'll always be WWE. I don't think um, my stance will change on that. <laughs> That's fine. It's exciting at the moment. I must admit, you know, having that competition there. How? Yeah, no, last, who knows. Let's, let's, let's make the most of it while we got it. Yeah, so, absolutely. What, what's your take on the... I, I, I did ask Chris Bevan this, actually. What's your take on what NXT are doing or have done with this rebranding? You know, is, is it any good? Is it helping them? or? It's early days because it's only about three, four weeks in, I think. So I think the way I see NXT is that I used, I used to love it when you had your Sami Zayn, your Kevin Owens, your Neville's, all of, all those guys just breaking through at once, like that was such an incredible crop. And um, I think the, the thing that always bothered me about NXT was more around the production. It was just, it's quite dark. It's in a dark room. It's all black and gold. Yeah. And I'm very much a fan of just giving it maybe a, a lick of paint, a bit of uh, colour on certain things. But um, I don't there's still probably a, a lot of inconsistencies with it compared to maybe... Um, what they had maybe a couple of years prior mm. but like I said it's a developmental brand for a reason you, you're there to put talent through a process to get them ready for Raw Smackdown so mm. I don't think people should criticise NXT in a sense of oh it's not as good as what it was and so on you've got like a young crop of talent with some experienced heads and at the end of the day they all want to get to you know the bigger shows and get more money at the end of the day so you know, it's you people who saw what was it OVW and SCW were maybe the ones 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, this whole thing it's it's been happening. I yeah, mean, they, they, they've given all they've done with these young guys now is they've given them international exposure. Yeah, they've got the pressure of they've got the pressure of live international TV now, and I don't. You should be looking at NXT as um, of course it is an alternative because a lot of the wrestling is you know a lot more high risk and um, there's maybe some more smaller guys on the roster. But um, again, its purpose is to get people for the, the the big time. You know they have a lot of athletes that come in through that, that have no wrestling experience. Mm. You know that's not going to be something that's going to be overnight and it's not going to you know rectify you know one point five million on the ratings or something. That yeah. you, the process and you'll see it come out when a lot of those guys over the next two or three years like you got Braun Breakers was he like 23 24 yeah. so he's been making three years and look at him it'd be completely different I I was quite you know I, I I keep up with a couple of sites again don't watch it um hardly any at all but I will keep up with what's happening so when I knew that Rick Steiner's son was so many of these now these like second generation stars are coming yeah through, guys that I used to watch I, I sort of, you know, seen him come through and when I knew he was making his debut and then I heard everyone's reaction, I had to watch it. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a natural. You know, he certainly has got that. He has. Yeah, there's, there's a certain it factor about him. And um, I used to love the Steiner brothers. Um, yeah. yeah. Vast, even the Varsity Club when uh, Rick was in that as well. Yeah. Kevin's um, IRS <laughs> with like, Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's, there's him, you know, you've got uh, Gable Stevenson, 
like what drafted the role like we till he has you know a couple of years like you know we've got the second cover to Kurt Angle there uh was the Brock Lesnar look like is it Parker Bordeaux I think he's changed his name okay yeah I have heard of him yeah yeah so like I've seen him on like Instagram and Twitter and the guy's like a machine but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in the developmental system that you're not going to see because they've just recently died but just looking at the package the potential you know in two three years like yeah WWE in good hands like there's no you know they're they're in a different league and I'll always stand by that compared to maybe AEW or any other promotion yeah if, if as long as they know how to treat them right I think those yeah those, it's easy to say there's been a lot of names that have been let go that you've got to question why um but then again you know these guys have got another opportunity now to where mm. before they would have fallen off the face of the earth pretty much if they left there is a lot more opportunity out there for them to just sort of slot back in somewhere else. So, yeah, cool. Okay, that wasn't quite a quick fire. It was a quick fire question. It wasn't really a quick fire answer, but we got there. You know, the wars and NXT AEW has been going on for a good uh, two years now. I think yeah, that's true. So, and, uh, one answer to it. All right, let's let's stand a few superstars up then and and sort of see which way you go. So you know your most your most um, uh, instinctual answer. Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Hogan. Okay. Cool. I think that, that was just something <laughs> so, uh, That's quite a good one, actually, because people do have quite a strong reaction to that one. You you are one or the other. I don't think you can sort of sit on the fence with that one, to be fair. I think it's easy to say Ric Flair's one of the greatest of all time, but I don't. The best wrestlers make the, the most money, and uh, Hogan, you know, yeah. he was working like two, 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 two shows a night sometimes. So, uh, yeah, true. You know, it, it's very hard to differentiate them in terms of what they were good at, what maybe lots were good at. But uh, I'll say on the instinct, my answer may have changed them tomorrow. Their, their contribution in different ways is probably equal. Oh right? yeah, really. But you know, it was it was Hogan that obviously I think turned that corner, didn't he? Or, or mm. got wrestling to turn that corner. So. Right, I'm thinking of Hulk Hogan, the character, not Terry Boyle, the person. Before <laughs> anyone shoots on it. <laughs> uh, less said about him, the better. He's, he's blocked yeah. on Twitter. So next one, Undertaker or Sting? Undertaker. Cool. Okay. So it would have been an Undertaker win if they ever met. I mean, it would have been too late anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this has become a favourite of mine, actually, because I, I quite like hearing people's um, answers to this one. So you're Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Um, so four people who, who you would put up there. And I've kind of changed the rules. I think Kai, I let him have a fifth because he had a manager and I, I, I went with that. But then I think I, I, I said in my last one, no, you know, managers included. So, yeah, four. Okay. Uh, Van Damme and Guerrero straight away, those are two of the biggest inspirations. Um, and I think then it would be Steamboat. I love any sort of Steamboat match. Uh, you know, him and the Flair trilogy. Uh, yeah. he's, one of my favourite matches is him and uh, Rick Rude. They go about 30 minutes in nine on a match. And uh, Rick Rude's my fourth person on that. So that's a yeah. straightforward one. I like it. Actually, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll be with all of those. Yeah. Rick Rude's one. Um, didn't appreciate him at the time. You know, he, no. was, he was one that really annoyed me. But, you know, later on in life, I I, I do love watching his matches. It's, it's the sale of the atomic drop. I just... <laughs> I, I, I I know, and it's just ironic, really, that a back injury was what he. Yeah, I might, I might have filled that cell, but um, 
I, I love just the whole, he's just limping around for hours of it. It's a bit like, it's, it's like Ric Flair's kind of flop where he walks out the corner and then just kind of face plants. You know, yeah. it's so over the top, but you I've heard someone say it before and I can't think who else there was another wrestler I think that was referenced as well where they have these spots where if you see them live and they don't do them you feel cheated well yeah of course it's part of, part of the show but <laughs> uh, you know I think an atomic drop is a knee to the tailbone at the end of the day there's not much muscle uh, protecting that so no exactly it should hurt so he's probably the one that actually yeah has made it more realistic it's um yeah, I, I, fan. I didn't know what it was I always thought growing up Bret Hart was one of the he was always one of my favourites anyway, but I thought he could I, sell. I, if you ask me the question of Brett and Owen, I can't separate those two either. I wasn't going to. No, maybe I should introduce that one, but no, I'll, I'll leave that one for <laughs> now then. But yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I remember watching WrestleMania 10 and I couldn't pick a winner. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. Really. Yeah. You know, it's and I love, I love the closing uh, credit to that as well, when he's just overlooking that as well. It's, it's such a good, uh, that, different ending to WrestleMania, but it's it's such a good story for what they go into. That whole year, I, I did a show on, on 94, um, sort of quite early on in the, in the series. And the one, it was one of my favourite years as a wrestling fan. And the one thing that held it together for me was Brett and Owen that whole year. That story was just perfect. Yeah. I executed that. In like a dire time of like what wrestling was, like you know, he still got those diamonds with those two there straight yeah. away. Yeah. So um I had one in my head then that I I know I'll come to that afterwards. So to finish off this, this this is a question that I used to face to fire at pretty much every guest that I had. Um if you could have a match at WrestleMania, so it can be it could be a WrestleMania past, present, future, whatever. Um you could have you put yourself book yourself in any match at WrestleMania, who would you want to be facing? And what sort of match as well? I think it'd be a singles. I, I wouldn't want um, any sort of like gimmick to take away take away sure. from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's WrestleMania, and it? I've got to go all out here. Um, <laughs> no, it's WrestleMania. I'm trying to think like what would put me in the main event <laughs> rather than put me on, That's you know, yeah. six minutes before the end. Uh, <laughs> I think it it probably be Guerrero. Like I said, Flair. I, I, if you did something like forty minutes with Flair, at WrestleMania, yeah. it's just it would be magical. Uh, yeah, I think um, Guerrero. I I go for. I think that's uh, maybe my go. What 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 era of Eddie Guerrero would you go for? Oh, Latino Heat, like that two thousand three to yeah. the years. But sort of his, uh, his championship era was that that then yeah yeah that. Um, I just think, like, you know, you've got everything. You've got some as a wrestler's on top of his game. The character is is great as well. Like the whole low rider and everything. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think it's just it was just such a good time when you could just tell he was generally happy. It would be, oh, be the ultimate thing was to go one on one with him at Mania. Should we see you at a future Carnage show coming in on one of those? Well, low rider. Yeah, but um, I don't think I could. I would be able to um, drive uh, drive once, around. Once they do an outdoor gig or something, you know, that'd be quite cool. I wonder if I can get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question then, and um, sort of from a, you can answer this in two ways actually. No, yeah, two 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 questions in one. So, as a fan, what is what is your favourite match to watch? The one that you would go back to time and time again. And equally, as a as a wrestler, what's been your 
your favorite match to perform in so far? Okay, so um, I think my favorite go-to match to watch, I don't know, it's, um, I think I want to say it's Bash at the Beach, it's either 92 or 93, it's Steamboat against Rick Rude, as mentioned there. Yeah. They do a 30-minute Ironman match, and it's just the whole, um, the last few minutes. Are I, know the one, I know the one you mean now. I used to have that on video. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, just the, the last three minutes of, um, I, I won't spoil it for everyone, but um, it's just, just it erupts and everything goes crazy. Yeah. Okay, now good choice. Yeah, no, I like that one. I like that one. So, yeah, your, your favourite match as a, as a wrestler, it could either be, you know, what you feel is your best one as a performer or the one that you, you know, you, you hold dear as your, your, yeah, your top one so far. I think that would be probably within the first week of me debuting that I mentioned it was a half-term tour. They did my local show in Swansea uh, on the day I was the one doing all the ticket admissions, all that, but secretly somebody had their gear on underneath after you did all the tickets. <laughs> So, um, you know, the interval coming out of nowhere, the ticket boys in the rumble. Oh, <laughs> so wow. um, that was um, a pretty good pop, to be honest. To, you know, just one of the first people you see at a show is someone who's doing the ticket. So um, the moment, like, I come out and uh, just people recognise, like, oh, was the one who did the ticket. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know a local show as well. I was around the corner from my house, the local mm. said, um, Really good evening for that. Cool, cool. So maybe soon to be replaced by your match with James Ellis at Carnage from the Crypt. So, you know, no pressure. You know, my, you know the next match could always be the best match. You could, never yeah, know. it could be. You're always aiming for the, for the better one, don't you? So, uh, so no, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on. This, is, this has been a blast. It's been like talking to a mate, really. <laughs> it's been awesome. So um, all the best for your match at the thank end of you. the month. Um, yeah, do come back, you know. Anytime you want and, and have a chat, you know, we can we can shoot the breeze on the um on, on the match that you've got coming up. And uh yeah, you know, just uh before I go let you go, I completely forgot actually. Anyone out there who wants to keep up with what you're doing, obviously, you know, I I, I think they're very familiar with where to find pro wrestling carnage, but where can they find superstar Jimmy Taylor and, and sort of keep up with everything? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is Superstar Jimmy T. Instagram is Superstar Jimmy Taylor. And Facebook, Superstar Jimmy Taylor. I'm sure if you just type in Jimmy Taylor, I'll come up somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, outside of that, I'm just on those three at the moment. I don't think I need any more, to be honest. Is that <laughs> but, but then, yeah, outside of that, um, you know, happy to take on any sort of bookings or shows for any sort of promoters who may be listening. I got a seven-seater car, so if anyone needs a band of wrestlers from South Wales to get to a certain venue, I'm sure I can help reduce the costs on that. So um, that's my, my, my typical plug to um, any promoter. That's brilliant. Yeah, different. Yeah, uh, yeah for wrestling carnage, that's where you're probably going to see a lot of me um, over maybe the next few months. You know, near enough, got a sellout show for October 30th, Carnage from the Crypt. You never know, maybe some last-minute tickets become available. Keep an eye on out. I won't, I won't miss out. I want to see uh, me and uh, the brilliance uh, burn it down. And uh, yeah, no regrets. Two weeks after that, on the 13th of November in Patal, but uh, it's still tickets available. I'm sure that's going to be um, just as good or even better. So um, certainly if you want to follow all the storylines and all that action with Pro Wrestling Carnage, get to these two shows, Patalbot and Pencoid, everyone. That's it. So it's really gaining traction, isn't it? You know, you waited 
you've waited all this time for one match and then you know you may well have another one within two weeks and who knows yeah you know. certainly a big statement uh, for a new company to do you know yeah. those have been two weeks in near enough neighboring towns and uh like you said we're all certainly uh, behind the scenes at Oakland trying to play a part in uh, just trying to make it the best product possible so um that's why I'm here and that's why I'm trying to get uh, myself and uh, the product over. So um, I appreciate your um, time and uh, thank you very much for having me on here. No problem at all, mate. Anytime. Glad to have you back at any point. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.